and this man, Martin Ophayev, the world's most lethal try scorer, the whole length of the field, and they are in the lead. And History of Rugby League Podcast, Episode 2, Challenge Cup Finals. Hello, and welcome to Episode 2 of the History of Rugby League Podcast. It's time for another trip down 13-a-side memory lane as we look at some more of the most important moments in the greatest game's history. This week we need to grab our rosettes and rattles and climb aboard the train or the coach in, as all roads lead to Wembley, as for Episode 2 we're going to take a look back at the long and storied history of the Challenge Cup Final. For many years before the split of 1895 and the birth of the Northern Union, which you can learn more about in our first episode, clubs had played in regional knockout competitions but saw their desires for a national competition turned down by the rugby union, who feared that a countrywide tournament would lead to professionalism. However, in 1896, in another effort to differentiate themselves from the RFU, the Northern Union sanctioned the creation of the Challenge Cup. Bradford-based jewellers Fatterini's were commissioned to make the trophy, and the draw was made in September 1896, although tournament play was not scheduled to start until March 1897. 52 clubs entered the competition, including all 22 founder members of the Northern Union, along with the eight new clubs who had joined for the 1896-97 season as well, as several other clubs. The first round ties all took place on Saturday, March 20th, 1897, with 40 teams playing out 20 matches. Batley, Bradford-Churchill, Brighouse Rangers, Crompton, Heckmondwijk, Liversidge, St Helens Rex, Stockport, Swinton Church, Thornton Rangers, Tildesley and Werneth were all given buys into round two. Three ties had to be decided by replays, which were all played four days after the original ties, with Bramley, Warrington and Wakefield Trinity progressing via replays, at the expense of Morecambe, Broughton Rangers and Lee respectively. The cup ties continued on successive Saturdays up until the Easter weekend of April 1897, when Batley were paired with Warrington and St Helens were matched with Swinton in the first semi-finals of the new competition. The weekend saw heavy rainfall affect both venues for the semi-finals. The match between Batley and Warrington at Huddersfield's Far Town Ground did go ahead on the Saturday, despite being played on a heavy pitch, but the St Helens vs Swinton clash at Wheaters Field, home of Broughton Rangers, was postponed until the Monday of the Easter Bank holiday. Batley progressed to the first final by virtue of a 6-0 win over Warrington, with tries coming from forward Robert Spur and winger Wattie Davis. The result came with great contention and saw Warrington lodge a formal protest with the Northern Union, claiming that the game shouldn't have been played due to the state of the pitch, as well as claiming that the match referee, Mr J.H. Smith of Widnes, had ended the game six minutes early. Both of War- Warrington's protestations were rejected by the Northern Union committee, and the result stood. A large crowd of over 20,000 eventually packed into Wheaters Field for the other rearranged tie between St Helens and Swinton and it would be St Helens who would join Batley in the inaugural final, defeating Swinton 7-0 thanks to a try from halfback Freddie Little and a Billy Jacks drop goal. 
The scene was set for the first showpiece final, with the match taking place at Headingley, home of the Leeds club the week after the culmination of the Yorkshire League season. 13,492 people shuffled through the Headingley gates, paying a total of £624, 17 shillings and 7 pence in gate receipts, while St Helens took to the field when usually not wearing a uniformed jersey. Batley standoff Joe Oakland has the honour of kicking the first ever Challenge Cup final points when his drop goal gave his side the lead. A lead that was extended when centre John Goodall crossed for the first ever try in a final. Despite St Helens centre David Trainer collecting the ball on the halfway line and beating four Batley defenders to cross the whitewash, flanker John Pawdy Munns made the score 10-3 with what proved to be the winning try for the Yorkshire club. Mrs Louisa Waller, wife of Northern Union chairman H.H. Waller, presented the trophy to the victorious Batley players and presented them with commemorative gold medals. Batley would return to Headingley in 1898 to retain the trophy, beating Bradford FC 7-0, before the final would move to Fallowfield in Manchester for the 1899 season, as Oldham defeated Hunslet 19-9, and the final would then go- continue to alternate between the Manchester venue and Headingley until 1902, when Broughton Rangers defeated local rival Salford by 25 points to nil at the Athletic Grounds in Rochdale. Halifax became the second team to record back-to-back cup wins, taking home the trophy after beating Salford 7-0 at Headingley in 1903, and then Warrington 8-3 at Salford's The Willows in 1904. Warrington, beaten finalists in 1901 and 1904, made it third time lucky in 1905 after they defeated Hulkingston Rovers at Headingley, before Bradford FC took took home the cup for the first time in 1906, beating Salford in the final. Hunslet made history in 1908, as their Challenge Cup final win contributed to the harvest of every rugby league honour, adding the trophy to the Yorkshire Cup, the Yorkshire Senior Competition and a now re-amalgamated Northern Union Championship. Wakefield Trinity won their first Challenge Cup in 1909 before Leeds took home the trophy for the first time a year later, defeating Hull in the first replayed final by a 26 points to 12 scoreline, after the original game at Fartown in Huddersfield had ended in a 7-all draw. Despite the outbreak of the Great War in 1914, the Challenge Cup of the 1914-15 season still took place, with Huddersfield winning the trophy for the second time in as many final appearances, hammering St Ellen's 37-3 in front of a crowd of 8,000 at Oldham's Watersheddings ground. After hostilities ended, the first post-World War I Challenge Cup would take place in the 1919-20 season, and fittingly it would be Huddersfield who retained the cup after they defeated Wigan 21-10 at Headingley. For the remainder of the 1920s, the final would visit several venues, including Headingley, Wheatersfield, Bellevue in Wakefield, and Wigan Central Park, until a motion was passed by the Northern Union which would see Rugby League's most ambitious move since the split of 1895, and relocate the 1929 Challenge Cup final, which was eventually played between Wigan and Dewsbury to London's Wembley Stadium. Reverend Frank Chambers, a former referee who provided BBC radio commentary of the first Wembley final, first mooted the idea of moving the event to the Empire Stadium after seeing the buzz and euphoria created by his hometown club, Huddersfield Town, qualifying for the previous year's FA Cup final. The motion was tabled following a recommendation from John Leake, chairman of the Rugby League's Welsh Commission, and was eventually passed despite strong opposition by a majority of 13 to 10. 
After a strong marketing campaign to make the game appeal to Londoners, 41,500 people attended the first final under the Twin Towers, which was won 13-2 by Wigan, thanks to tries from Sid Abram, Lou Brown and Roy Kinnear, with the legendary Jim Sullivan kicking two goals. After the considerable success of the 1929 final at Wembley, Rugby League returned to the Twin Towers for 1930, with Widnes claiming their first Challenge Cup final win, defeating St Helens by 10 points to 3. The final returned to the North in 1932, when Leeds defeated Swinton 11-8 at Wigan Central Park, before coming back to Wembley for the 1933 event, which saw Huddersfield beat Warrington 21-17, in front of another 40,000-plus crowd. And then Castleford added their name to the trophy for the first time in 1935, defeating Huddersfield 11-8. As World War II intervened, the competition went through a number of format changes, starting with the 1942-43 tournament. All ties were played over two legs, including the final, which was won by Leeds, who defeated Dewsbury 16-15 on aggregate. The following year's Challenge Cup reverted to the single-game knockout up until the final, which was a game played over two legs, with Bradford Northern taking home the trophy after an 8-2 aggregate win over Wigan. At the end of hostilities, the Challenge Cup final made its triumphant return to Wembley Stadium for the 1945-46 season. The final, which was won by Wakefield Trinity 13-12 over Wigan, also saw the first awarding of the Lance Todd Trophy. The award was created in honour of the former Wigan and New Zealand centre, who had formed part of the Kiwi All-Gold Touring Party of 1907-08, subsequently joining the Wigan club after the tour. At the culmination of his playing career, which also included a spell at Dewsbury, Todd became manager of Salford and led the club to three league championships, four four Lancashire Cups, five Lancashire Leagues and the 1938 Challenge Cup win over Barrow at Wembley. The decision was made to honour Todd with the award following his death in 1942 in a car accident. Fittingly, it would be a centre who would win the first Lance Todd Trophy, as Wakefield's Billy Stott took home the honours after scoring two tries and two goals to help his side to victory. Bradford won their third Challenge Cup in five years in 1947 when they defeated Leeds 8-4 in front of over 77,000 fans before history was made in 1948. Wigan's 8-3 win over Bradford was seen by 91,465 people at Wembley Stadium, as well as, for the first time, a television audience. The BBC, who had covered the final on radio for many years, also screened the Challenge Cup final on the fledgling television network, which became the first ever televised rugby league match. Further history was created as Bradford prop Frank Whitcomb became the first losing player to be awarded the Lance Todd Trophy. The all-time Rugby League world attendance record was broken in 1949 when 95,000 people witnessed Bradford regain the trophy by beating Halifax 12-0 at Wembley. Workington Town, less than 10 years old at the time, won their first Challenge Cup in their first final appearance in 1952. After defeating Cumbrian rivals Barrow 5-2 in the semi-final, they went on to beat Featherstone Rovers 18-10 at Wembley, with full-back and player coach Gus Risman becoming the oldest player to ever play in the Challenge Cup final at the venerable age of 41. At the opposite end of the age scale, Huddersfield standoff Peter Ramsden became the youngest winner of the Lance Todd Trophy following his his side's 15-10 win over St Helens in 1953. Ramsden, aged just 19 at the time, scored two tries despite suffering from a broken nose just six minutes into the game. 1954 saw the first and to date only trialless Challenge Cup final as Warrington and Halifax played out a four-all draw at Wembley. 
The replayed final at Bradford's Oddsall was played in front of a new world record rugby league crowd, as it was estimated that 102,575 people crammed into Bradford's ground to see Warrington eventually prevail by 8 points to 4. Later estimations have speculated that over 120,000 fans were actually inside the ground that evening. And Lance Todd Trophy history was made in the 1954 final, as Warrington scrum half Jerry Helm won the award for the second time, adding to his 1950 accolade, becoming the first player to do so. Wembley was subjected to a Cumbrian invasion in 1955, as Barrow finally won their first Challenge Cup in their fifth final appearance, and avenged their 1952 semi-final defeat to beat local rivals Workington 21-12. Another new name was added to the trophy in 1956 when St Helens, coached by the great Jim Sullivan, won the trophy for the first time, defeating Huddersfield by 13 points to 2. Wakefield Trinity's Neil Fox made history in 1960 when he recorded the highest personal points total in a Challenge Cup final. His two tries and seven goals created a 20-point haul that helped his side to a resounding 38-5 win over Hull. Despite Fox's record points total, it would be a member of the losing side who would take home the Lance Todd Trophy, as Hull hooker Tommy Harris received the accolade. Alan Prescott, a Lance Todd Trophy winner in 1956, returned to Wembley this time as coach of St Helens to hope the Nosley Road outfit defeat fierce local rivals Wigan 12-6, thanks to tries from Alex Murphy and the magical South African winger Tom Van Vollenhoven. Wigan returned to Wembley in 1965, defeating Hunslet in a closely fought final that ended 20 points to 16 to the Cherry and Whites. The final was momentous as it saw the first joint awarding of the Lansdod Trophy, as both Wigan fullback Ray Ashby and Hunslet standoff Brian Gabitas both received the award. The 1968 final between Leeds and Wakefield will forever go down in history as the famous Water Splash final. Played in an absolute deluge of rain, the final is also remembered for Trinity prop Don Fox missing a late conversion from almost in front of the posts to hand Leeds an 11-10 win. Although Fox could console himself with the Lance Todd Trophy, the game also gave birth to arguably the most famous piece of rugby league commentary as Eddie Waring commiserated, uh, commiserated Fox by claiming that he was a poor lad after missing such a simple kick. Castleford won the first final of the 1970s, defeating Wigan 7-2 thanks to a try from Alan Lowndes and two goals from prop Mick Redfern. Lee upset the odds to defeat Leeds 24-7 in 1971, and history was created by Leeds captain and centre Sid Hines, who became the first player to ever be sent off in a Challenge Cup final. Hines was given his marching orders by referee Billy Thompson for a headbutt on Lee player coach Alex Murphy. The Lee scrum half recovered to kick two goals and win the Lance Todd Trophy. Cyril Kellett of Featherstone scored a record-breaking eight conversions in the 1973 final to help his side defeat Bradford 33-14. The record would stand until 1999 when Yestin Harris of Leeds bettered Kellett's achievements. Featherstone returned to Wembley the following year but were unable to retain the trophy, losing 24-9 to Warrington in 1974 and then Warrington would continue the trend of failing to defend the Cup in 1975 as they lost to Cheshire rivals Widnes 14-7. Widnes would then complete the trend by losing to St Helens by 20 points to 5 in 1976. 
It will be witnessed who return to Wembley for the 1977 final, but found themselves unable to prevent Leeds from winning the trophy for a tenth time as they'd recorded a 16-7 win over the Chemex. Leeds would then go on to retain the cup in 1978, defeating St Helens 14-12 in a closely fought final. The 1979 Challenge Cup was the first to be sponsored thanks to the Rugby League signing a sponsorship deal with the State Express Tobacco Company. Witness atoned for their losing efforts in 1976 and 1977 by defeating Wakefield 12-3. East met West in the first semi-final of the 1980s as the City of Hull emptied for Cup final day to see Hull Kingston Rovers defeat their cross-city rivals 10-5 to take home the Cup for the first and to date only time in their history. Rovers made the trip back down south for the 1981 final but saw their attempts at retaining the trophy thwarted by Widnes. Inspired by Lance Todd Trophy winners Mick, Bur- Mick Burke's try and four goals, the Chemex recorded an 18-9 win over the Robins. Widnes were the unlucky side unable to defend the Cup in 1982, losing to the same 18-9 scoreline they had won the Cup by the previous year in a replayed final to Hull FC at Elland Road after the original game had ended in a 14-all stalemate at Wembley. Hull completed the trend of unsuccessfully defending the Cup in 1983 as they fell to a surprise 14-12 defeat to a David Hobbs-inspired Featherstone, who scored two tries and won the Lance Todd Trophy in one of the biggest Challenge Cup final shocks of all time. Witness, with esteemed names such as Joe Lydon and Andy Gregory in their ranks, would win the trophy for the seventh time in 1984, recording a 19-6 win over the aforementioned players' future employers Wigan. Witness also boasted Kieran O'Loughlin, father of current Wigan captain Sean, as part of their triumphant squad. Some of the greatest foreign imports to grace the British game lit up Wembley in 1985, as Wigan and Hull played out one of the all-time great finals in 1985. Brett Kenny of Wigan, along with John Ferguson, lined up against Hull, who boasted Australian Peter Sterling and their strong Kiwi contingent consisting of Gary Gary Kemble, Dane O'Hara and scorer of two tries on the day, James Lulawai. The Kiwi centre's scoring efforts were in vain, however, as Wigan were able to record a closely fought 28-24 win, with, with Kenny winning the Lance Todd Trophy. Halifax's 1918 win over St Helens in the 1987 final would become notable over the coming years as they became the last different side to win the Challenge Cup as Wigan would go on to record not just one of rugby leagues but British sports all-time great undefeated streaks as the Central Park side would win the next eight consecutive Challenge Cups. Wigan, who turned full-time professional in the mid-1980s, defeated Halifax, St Helens twice, Warrington, Castleford, Widnes and Leeds twice as they began to dominate the British game as well as winning the World Club Challenge on three occasions. The 1994 final against Leeds is probably best remembered for Martin O'Fire's stunning length of the field try to help his side on their way to a 26-16 win. The streak would be broken in 1996 when Wigan fell to a 26-16 fifth round win away at Salford. The 1996 final, the first of the summer era, saw St Helens defeat the newly rechristened Bradford Bulls by 40 points to 32. Saints managed to come back from a 26-12 deficit as late as the 57th minute to take the victory, recording the biggest Challenge Cup turnaround in history, despite Bradford's standoff Robbie Paul scoring a hat-trick. The two sides will meet again the following year with St Helens once again prevailing, this time by a 32-22 scoreline, thanks in part to Lance Todd Trophy winner Tommy Martin's two-try haul. Arguably the biggest 
shock in the Challenge Cup's long history occurred in 1998 as Sheffield Eagles, less than 20 years old at the time, toppled the mighty Wigan by 17 points to 8. Tries from Nick Pinkney, Matt Crowther and Darren Turner, along with two goals and a dropkick from Lance Todd Trophy winner Mark Aston, were enough to see the South Yorkshire club to their first and to date only major trophy, with Wigan managing a solitary reply from Mark Bell. The Challenge Cup would bid a fond farewell to the old Wembley in 1999, as the National Stadium closed for redevelopment a few months after the final. London Broncos created history by becoming the first club from the south of England to reach the final. Unfortunately, there was to be no historic victory, as Leeds Rhinos defeated the London club 52-16, thanks to Leroy Rivert's record-breaking four-try haul. Yestin Harris also broke the record for most points scored by a single player after scoring a try in eight goals. With Wembley out of commission, the Challenge Cup began a seven-year-long tour of different venues whilst the National Stadium went through its long and laborious rebuilding process. Murrayfield, the home of Scottish Rugby Union, was the first new venue to host a final, playing host to Bradford's 24-18 win over Leeds in 2000, with Kiwi halfback Henry Paul winning the Lance Todd Trophy. The 100th Challenge Cup final would take place at Twickenham, English Rugby Union's headquarters in 2001. St Helens would defy, deny Bradford back-to-back cup wins thanks to their 13-8 win with St Helens scrum half Sean Long winning the first of his three Lance Todd trophies. The event returned to Murrayfield in 2002 to see Wigan win the cup for the first time since 1995 thanks to a 21-12 win over arch-rivals and 2001 winners St Helens. Wigan fullback Chris Radlinski had been suffering from a serious foot infection and was struggling in hospital in the week prior to the final, but came back to aid his side to victory and take home the Lance Todd Trophy for his efforts. Cardiff's Millennium Stadium, the temporary home of the FA Cup final in Wembley's absence, hosted the Challenge Cup final for the first time in 2003. Bradford would go on to defeat local rivals Leeds by 22 points to 20, but were made to work for their honours. Leeds would rue Captain Kevin Sinfield's decision not to kick a late penalty for goal and level the score to take the game into extra time. Sinfield instead kicked for touch and found the Bradford defence difficult to break down from the resulting six tackles, allowing the Oddsall club to hang on for victory. Sean Long would win his second Lance Todd Trophy as his six goals in addition to tries from former Wigan forward Lee Gilmore, a brace from Willie Tallow and further scores from Paul Wellens and Paul Sculthorpe helped Saints defeat their rivals Wigan 32-16 as the Millennium Stadium hosted the showpiece event for the second year in succession. Cardiff hosted the, fi- the final for the third year running as Hull and Leeds met in the 2005 staging of the event. Despite reigning Super League champions Leeds being overwhelming favourites, it would be the Humberside club who would take the trophy to upset the odds. After tries from Mark Calderwood and Marcus Bailey looked to set look set to deliver the cup to Headingley for the first time since 1999, Hull's Paul Cook surged through the Leeds defence to score a dramatic late try and leave Danny Brough with the formality of kicking Hull to an unlikely victory. Huddersfield reached the final for the first time since 1953 when they met St Helens at Twickenham in 2006. Unfortunately, they will be powerless to stop Saints recording the first of three consecutive Challenge Cup wins as Daniel Anderson's men surged to a 42-12 victory. The Challenge Cup made its triumphant return to Wembley Stadium in 2007 with history being made as Catalan Dragons, admitted to Super League the previous year, became the first French club to qualify for the final. The Perpignan-based club 
were unable to take the trophy home over the English Channel, though, as St. Helens recorded a resounding 30 points to 8 win, thanks to tries from James Roby, Paul Wellens, Paul Clough, and a brace from Aidy Gardner, with Eunice Katabi and Justin Murphy replying for the Dragons. Saints returned to Wembley to win the trophy for the third year in succession by defeating Hull FC 28-16 in 2008. For the first time since 1986, the Challenge Cup final of 2009 didn't feature any of Super League's Big Four of the time in Bradford, Leeds, St Helens or Wigan, as Warrington returned to Wembley for the first time since 1990, defeating Huddersfield 25-16, with tri-scorer Michael Monaghan winning the Lance Todd Trophy. Warrington's Chris Hicks scored the first hat-trick of tries at the new Wembley, as he helped his side successfully defend the trophy in 2010, beating Leeds by 30 points to 16, with veteran Warrington halfback Lee Breers taking home the Lance Todd trophy. Leeds were on the receiving end of a second consecutive final defeat in 2011, as Wigan defeated Brian McDermott's side 28-18 on their first visit to the new Wembley. Two tries from Lance Todd Trophy winner Jeff Lemer, as well as scores from Josh Charnley, Thomas Luluai, and a fine individual score from Joel Tompkins that evoke memories of Martin Ofaya's long-range effort in 1994, were enough to deliver the Challenge Cup to Wigan for the 18th time, and the first since 2002. Leeds completed an unwanted hat-trick in 2012 as they fell to their third consecutive final defeat as Warrington defeated them 35-18 to win the Cup for the third time in four seasons, with Australian Brett Hodgson scoring a try and kicking five goals on his way to winning the Lance Todd Trophy. Hull FC became the first team since St Helens in 1989 to not score any points in a Challenge Cup final as they lost 16-0 to Wigan Warriors in a rain-sodden final at Wembley. Ian Thornley and Sam Tompkins scored the decisive tries for the Wigan club, but the result could have been different had Josh Charnley not executed a fine try-saving tackle on Hull's Jamie Shaw after the full-back had run almost the entire length of the field in the second half. Leeds ended their 15-year barren spell in the Challenge Cup to win the trophy in 2014 by defeating Castleford 23-10 in the Tigers' first final appearance since 1992. Two tries from Lance Todd Trophy winner Ryan Hall, as well as scores from Tom Briscoe and Danny Maguire, helped the Rhinos on their way to victory, with Darrell Clark and Oliver Holmes replying for Castleford. Leeds would go on to retain the trophy in 2015, thanks to a record-breaking 50-0 win over Hulkingston Rovers, with winger Tom Briscoe setting a new record haul of tries by crossing five times during the match, netting the Lance Todd Trophy in the process and breaking the record set by former Rhinos winger Leroy Rivette in 1999. With 20 minutes remaining of the 2016 final, Warrington appeared to be home and hosed as they led 10-0 against Hull. Unfortunately for Tony Smith's men, the KCOM Stadium Club roared back with 12 unanswered points to turn the tide and record an unlikely 12-10 win. Tries from Mahe Fanoa and Jamie Shaw, in addition to Man of the Match Mark Snade's two goals, were enough to do the damage and prevent Warrington from winning the cup for the third time in eight years. Hull would go on to retain the trophy in 2017, avenging their 2013 defeat by beating Wigan 18-14 thanks to tries from Fatuli Talanoa and a brace from Mahe Fanoa. In addition to Hull winning the trophy for the second year in a row, Mark Snade retained the Lance Todd trophy. Catalan Dragons, history makers for being the first French team to qualify for the final in 2007, would create further history by becoming the first French team to lift the trophy in 2018. 
The Dragons, coached by former England boss Steve McNamara, pulled off a huge upset to defeat favourites Warrington by 20 points to 14, with the tries coming from Lewis Tierney, Ben Garcia and Braden William. With fullback Tony Gigo making further history by becoming the first French player to win the Lance Todd Trophy. That brings us up to speed with the history of Challenge Cup Finals and I hope you've enjoyed our trip through history and I hope it has rekindled some happy memories of you seeing your club under the Twin Towers or the Arch or maybe even both. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to be amongst the first to receive future instalments then head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show. If Apple isn't your thing then the show is also available on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher and other podcast platforms. Alternatively, you can listen to the show without downloading anything by finding it on YouTube. Details on how to do so are on the socials. Speaking of socials, if you have any feedback or just want to generally chit-chat, then I can be found on Twitter at HistoryOfRLPod. If you're feeling extra generous, then please leave a review on iTunes or your chosen podcast platform. All feedback helps me improve, and you can listen to our first episode all about the birth of Rugby League on the first championship there too. I'll be back soon with our next episode which will take a look at how Rugby League became a summer game. Until next time, take care.